Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi, Rachel. That's so nice. So welcoming. My name's Rachel, and um, I'm part of the team here at Woody's, and it's my joy and delight to preach to you on baptism tonight. And um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for baptism. We had one at 11 o'clock this morning. We had two, actually. We had buy one, get one free. Tune in to the 11 o'clock on YouTube to find out what I mean by that. It was so cool. And um, in a minute, we're going to baptize Joel. Oh, he's not, he's not there. <laughs> there he is. He's there. He's moved. I forgot. And uh, so we're going to watch his story, um, and then I'm going to preach to you. So have a look at this. Hi, I'm Joel England. Uh, I've been currently living in Bristol since about seven years old. Um, we came to Woody's about eight years ago, um, and I'm getting baptised today. I found out about faith in Jesus. Um, well, my family comes from a Christian background, so I grew up in a church. When I was born, I was diagnosed with a heart condition. Um, this meant that I had uh, irregular holes in my heart that weren't healing. Um, during this time I was due to have heart surgery and my whole family was really just praying for healing and that I wouldn't have to have it and on the day of the surgery I was taken in for one final x-ray and the doctors couldn't find them and they had all gone so even though it's a moment that I can't remember in my life it's something that I'm aware of where Jesus and God has reacted in my life and um, healed me. It was when I was 12 that I did decide that, you know, this is what I'm going to believe in and I'm going to be a Christian for me and because it's what I wanted to believe in. But it wasn't until my late teens when I actually thought about what does all of this mean for me in my own life. And I wanted to join a small group, which has gone brilliantly. As well as my heart condition, I've also got a foot disability, um, which means I struggle with walking long distances and staying up for long periods of time. And you know, I believe that it's, it's for a reason that I'm never going to understand. And, but I believe, that it's, it, I believe that it's made me part of who I am today. Since accepting Jesus into my life, I think I've seen some of the things that he's done, um, particularly in my past, it's um, allowed me to explore more about um, how Jesus can work in our lives and how he almost like tries to show us the path to live the best life. A few years ago I did the Alpha course and that was amazing, um, so much so I actually did it twice. Um, it was a really good opportunity to just learn more about um, all of the key moments I guess in the Bible and um, how Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit all work together in our lives. I want to get baptised today because I think I want to show not just um, spiritually myself but outwardly to um, God and to everyone else that this is the commitment that I want to make towards following Jesus in my life and trying to live the life that he's set out for me. and. Um, I just want to show that openly. Yay, well done. That's so good. Thanks so much, Joel, for sharing our story and extra points of mentioning Alpha twice. Amazing. I happened to run Alpha here as well, if you didn't know. Um, yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much. And wonderful to hear that healing testimony as well. I don't think I'd heard that. So that was so cool to hear that. Thank you. 
Now, as I've been preparing this week on this sermon on baptism, I've had this little phrase in my head, and then I, was, I received some prayer at a meeting that I was um, at on Friday, and uh, somebody kind of mentioned something that I've been thinking about, so I thought, yeah, I'm just going to use this as an illustration as my in to the sermon today. And have you heard the phrase, nail your colours to the mast? Yeah, I mean, I'm quite old, so I thought maybe young people, put your hands up if you've heard of it. A few of you, all the young'uns over there are like, what's she talking about, all the students? I'm going to educate you now, okay, students? And uh, so nail your colours to the mast is actually a naval term. <laughs> They've heard of it over there. A naval term, and um, it comes from um, battles that were fought at sea, and what they would do, their colours are actually another name for flags. So obviously ships have flags. I don't know much about ships, but, you know, old ships have flags. I think I've got a picture coming up on the screen, actually, if you can have that picture. Ah, they, isn't that a nice picture? Well, I don't know if it's nice, but, you know, it's cool. It illustrates the point. <laughs> to be honest, it did look better on my laptop. I've got to be honest about that. But anyway, there it's got a big fat flag on the top. But what would happen is that... In, you can take it down now, it's not that good. <laughs> um, what would happen in naval battles, this is from the 17th century and probably earlier, that actually your enemies would deliberately fire at your mast. Because once your mast is down, all your colours are down, all the flags are down, and actually you've got nowhere to go, really, and really it's the point of surrender. But what happens is, to some people, these sort of brave naval seamen, they would get the remnants of the flags, the remnants of the colours, and they would nail it to the mast, what was left of the mast. Maybe it's just like bits of wood sticking up in all different directions, but they would nail it to the mast, and that would be a sign to all the boats around that they're not going to surrender. They are going to keep going, and they're going to be with it to the end, and they're not kind of ducking out, but they are resolute and they're not going to surrender. And so I've been thinking about this whole thing of nailing our colours to the mass around baptism. And I want to use that as an analogy to signify what is happening when Joel is going to get baptised in a minute. What he's doing is nailing his colours to the mast. And I've deliberately set it in the context of a battle because I don't know if you've noticed, but being a Christian is a little bit like living in a battle. We have the outside influences coming at us, you know, culture, society, all the things that are pressing in, financial pressure, stress, anxiety. And then we have this inward stuff that is really all over the place. And then the Bible talks about a spiritual battle that we as Christians are actually in. And sometimes we're not really aware of that. Sometimes we're a bit oblivious of that. Sometimes we kind of just feel a bit like, oh, it just feels a bit like, you know, life's not going well. And actually, we are in a battle and blessings are real but so is the battle. And so I'm setting this kind of analogy in the context of a battle because I think baptism is often um, a bit of an area of contention and there's a little bit of a battle around it. Maybe primarily because it's actually a, um, a command that Jesus gave us to do. And often when you come against things of like being obedient to what Jesus has asked you to do, there can be a bit of a tussle, a battle that is happening inside of us. Because like, do I, do I do what he asked? Am I obedient? Does it really work? Do I want to do it? What is the kind of the consequences that I'm going to have to face if I do it? And all that sort of stuff. Does anyone resonate with that? Three of you. Okay. You three of you and me, I resonate with that. And um, so I think baptism can be a little bit contested. As we grow as Christians and as we grow in our discipleship, because there's stuff about it that actually is a little bit hard. We can think, oh, am I spiritual enough for baptism? 
Have I reached the sort of the, the holiness level enough to be baptised? Or have I missed the boat? Maybe I should have got baptised like a few years ago when it was all real and fresh. And I think maybe the time has passed and it's, I can't really go back and do it. Or maybe you feel like, oh, it's kind of, it's for the sort of really spiritual people. It's for the people who are really excited and really brave. Or am I really ready to get baptised, get wet in front of people and it be streamed live on YouTube? Did you know that, Joel? Sorry, I should have said that. Or what will my social media friends and my Facebook and Twitter and my TikTok followers think of me getting baptised if I, you know, post a picture on Instagram as well? How, how what are people going to think of me? What, will my friends be all judgy and weird because I'm doing this slightly weird thing? I don't know, there's loads of things that can be sort of swirling around on our head. I'm too busy. It's too hard. I don't like getting wet in front of people. I'm a bit like that. I don't really like swimming. But um, anyway, you don't have to swim. It's not that deep. So, there are reasons, I think, some of them more serious and some of them not so serious, why it can be a bit of a, a contested thing to get baptised. And so, what I want to do tonight is just very quickly just dip into the Bible and see what the Bible is say, saying to us about baptism and why it is something that we take seriously in this church and why I want you guys to consider taking it seriously too. So, I actually got baptised quite late in life. Um, I grew up in an Anglican church, a CV church, brilliant church. Well, mostly brilliant. I had a few bits when it wasn't quite so brilliant, but it was quite strict at times. But um, I was christened as a child, and so I kind of grew up, got into Christian ministry, kind of worked for God full-time, if you kind of know what I mean. And somehow I ducked and dived, not deliberately, but I went to different types of churches. And I think everybody assumed I was baptised, and it got to the point when I was 30, and I was just like, oh, I haven't been baptised, and I really want to, but I'm a full-time Christian worker. How embarrassing. <laughs> How have I got to this point in not being baptised? It wasn't deliberate, but... And um, I kind of wanted to, and there was a bit of pride in there. I was like, oh, I kind of missed the boat. I've got to kind of say to these people that I'm leading and, you know, preaching at, I've not actually been baptised yet, and I didn't really want to. It was a bit embarrassing. Anyway, my husband, who was in a similar, a similar sort of boat said, oh, I think we're going to get baptised. I was like, oh, yeah, me too, me too. I'm going to get baptised too. So we did it together, which is quite cute. And our kids, uh, our kids watched, cute's probably the wrong word. Um, our kids watched on, which was actually quite cute. Um, baby on someone's hip and the other three all watched us get baptised. And that actually was a really special moment. And do you know what? Being embarrassed and having pride about not doing it was absolutely daft, really daft. Because my Christian friends and my non-Christian friends were all really cool with it and thought, actually, oh, you haven't been baptised. Okay, so great you're doing it now. So if that's you, I just share that little insight into my life. Maybe it will stir something in you. So let's dip into the Bible and see why does Jesus command us to get baptised? What's so important about this getting in, getting wet and saying some promises to God? So let's have our Bible reading up on the screen. This is from Matthew 28. For those of you who've been knocking around church for a while, these verses will be really familiar. The context is Jesus is with his disciples. They are some of his very last words before he ascends to heaven. So when people are saying their last words, you take them seriously because they don't say silly things like, I don't know, cabbages on a special offer down at Sainsbury's. They say the stuff that really matters. I don't know why I said cabbages. Ignore that. <clears throat> okay, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. 
And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And surely, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Brilliant words from Jesus there. So much in there, but I'm just focusing on baptism for the moment. So three things that I just want to throw out to you to help you think about baptism, whether you haven't been baptised yet, whether you're just here and you're just exploring faith and having a look, or whether you have been baptised and it's reminding you of what you've done and why it's so important and maybe like a bit of like a recommitment to you tonight. So firstly, baptism is a mark of discipleship. It's a mark of you taking your faith in Jesus seriously and deciding along the way that you want to kind of put a stake in the ground and say, yes, I am all in for him. It's not about being the most knowledgeable person in the room or having all your questions answered. It says there that some still doubted, and that is perfectly normal for us as Jesus followers to have moments of doubt and questions and feel wobbly in our faith. But actually, it's about us being a learner. And I've got a little learner, learner um, picture that might come up on the screen just to illustrate the point. There you go. I'm a bit excited about my pictures. Sorry about that. A bit silly, but anyway. Um, so it's, it's, I just want to kind of labor that a bit because sometimes I talk to people and they say, oh, I don't think I'm good enough to be baptized or I'm, I'm kind of knowledgeable enough to get baptized or I'm holy enough to get baptized. But actually, Jesus doesn't give loads of um, teaching about when it should actually happen. He just says, do it. Believe and be baptized. That's what he says. And for the early church, which was really nimble and grew quickly and spread quickly, baptism was a sign that they were in. It was like initiation ceremony. It's like, yeah, I'm in with these Christians I, I believe it, and I'm, I'm up for it. And so they had baptized people in, in um, well, rivers normally, where there's water, and it was a sign that you were in. And so that's really what we're doing. We're saying, yeah, we're in. We're in with Jesus. We're following him, and we're going to do it publicly. We're not going to sneak away and do it in secret. We're going to nail our colors to the mast. We're going to live stream on YouTube, and we're going to invite our friends along and stick it on our Facebook profile or whatever. And like getting married... You know, when you go to a wedding, they haven't just fallen in love on that day that they're getting married. They fell in love, I don't know, whenever, weeks or months or years before. But their wedding day is the significant day where they say, yes, I'm committed to you and you're committed to me. And we're going public with our love for each other. And that's kind of what we're doing with baptism. Saying, I love Jesus. I know Jesus loves me. And I'm going public with it. Now, in Acts 2, when Peter preaches at Pentecost, 3,000 people were added to the church that day, and they were baptized. Well, that was, must have been a bit chaotic, just thinking about 3,000 people in our baptism pool. That would take a long time. So my point is that you don't have to have been a Christian for a really, really long time. Actually, it's not like you've got to kind of earn your way to the point of baptism. In Acts, it happened that very day. Our practice at Woody's is that we encourage people to read through this little baptism booklet. And so if you're here tonight and you haven't been baptised, and you're thinking, yeah, this is stirring something up in me, 
and I want to consider it, and I want to take it seriously, and I want to ask God if, it, if I should do it too, then take one of these booklets that are down at the front and read through it and let me know. I'm one of the people that coordinates baptisms here, or one of your small group leaders, or someone that you know, Woody's, or any of the leaders here, and uh, they will happily encourage you to do it, I expect. Or they might just say, oh, maybe wait a little bit, but probably they'll encourage you to do it and take that step. It's not a difficult step to take, but it is one that is really brilliant to do as you decide wholeheartedly to follow Jesus. Okay, second thing that I want to kind of just touch on. Baptism is a symbolic act that shows kind of visually what it means to really take Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection really seriously. And what you're kind of doing is acting it out. You are kind of like stepping into the story and it's kind of being acted out in what you do. What do I mean by that? Basically, the water is a bit like being buried in the tomb. It's a bit like being laid down in the tomb like Jesus was. And then when you're pulled up out of the water, it's like the resurrection and it's like a new life and a new start because actually death could not hold Jesus. The tomb could not hold Jesus. The cross wasn't the end of Jesus. The Roman guards couldn't guard Jesus and nothing could keep him down. And even though it looked terrible for three days, the resurrection was a reality and Jesus came back to life and he entered this sort of new, this, like this new resurrected Jesus life meant that he came back to life as, as a kind of like new but old creation. And that's kind of what you're doing when you're going in the water. You're saying goodbye to your old life and your old ways, to the old sins, the old patterns of thinking, the stuff, the old actions. And you're saying, I want to leave all that stuff behind in the water and when I come back up, I am embracing my new creation-ness. And I'm stepping into the story of what Jesus did, his death and resurrection. And I'm kind of aligning myself with him. And I think that's really cool. You're kind of acting out what Jesus did. And you're publicly saying, yeah, Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. I'm in, and I want to follow you. And what's not to love about that? And the third thing that I just want to touch on is that baptism reminds us that we are really loved by God, that he is really for us, and he wants to pour out his love into our hearts and into our lives. I just want to read two verses which describe Jesus' baptism. They're going to come up on the screen because I think it really illustrates beautifully what God wants to do and what is going to happen to Joel in a minute. When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. I have to say it like that. It's so bad, isn't it? But it's like, does God actually say well pleased? It just seems such a funny thing for God to say. Sorry, you didn't get that, did you? <laughs> I am very pleased with him. It's basically what God is saying to Jesus. And I just love that. Did Jesus really need 
to know that God was pleased with him? I think he did. I don't think it was just happening for those that were watching on. I don't think it was one of the things that God was just saying for the audience. I think Jesus needed to know that God was well pleased with him and that God loved him. And I'm sure Joel knows that his dad loves him and that his dad is well pleased with him. And if he doesn't, I'll talk to him later, because he should. But actually, this, this little verse, these verses, illustrate that, that is when Joel gets baptised in a minute, not only is his dad going to be really pleased with him and wants to pour out his love in his life, but actually his heavenly father wants to pour out his love in his life. And I'm not saying that that can only happen at baptism and that doesn't happen at any other point in our lives because, of course, we know that God loves the world, John tells us, so much that he gave us his only son. So every single one of you in this building, whether you know it or not, is loved deeply, significantly, wholeheartedly by God. But there's something that God wants us to get hold of when we get baptised, where we are stepping into the story like Jesus, and we can hear God's voice saying, I love you, and I'm well pleased. Because I think God loves it when we're obedient to him, and we step into his, his ways, his laws, when we do the things that he's asked us to do, and that's what baptism is. And the second little thing to touch on as I finish is something else is happening in that little account. The Holy Spirit is, comes and descends on Jesus like a dove. And that is really significant. And often when we pray for people when they're baptised here, we will pray for the Holy Spirit to come and rest on them and be in them. Because do you know what? We can't do life in our own resources if we're Christians here. We can't. It doesn't work very long. If you tried it, you get up Monday morning doing life in your own resources, you get to like 8.30 and you've already kind of, it's all gone pear-shaped. We need the resources and the power of the Holy Spirit to be in us, coming out of us, helping us to love and forgive and, and helping us have faith in difficult situations, helping us to know his peace. And it's so interesting because as the Holy Spirit comes, he, comes, he could come as fire like he did at Pentecost. He could have come as wind like he does in the scriptures. He could have come as water because he's in water. Jesus, that is, or Joel. But he doesn't come as fire or wind as water. He comes as a dove of peace. Jesus, even Jesus, needed to know the peace of God resting on him and being in him. Even Jesus needed that. So for us, I think that is, yeah, that is important. Jesus, as he before he dies with his disciples, he says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus could have quite easily had a troubled heart and been afraid when you think of all that he went through and what he faced. But Jesus' life is a beautiful illustration of what it is to be somebody who knows peace in every situation, in every circumstance. And I just think here, as I was praying for you guys and myself, that there are going to be people in this room 
who are here because they have lost their peace. They don't, they don't, it's gone. They are anxious and fearful. And I just felt like it's a bit of a word for you guys tonight. That if you need to kind of connect with God's peace again through the power of his Holy Spirit, I think there's peace here by his Spirit that is ready for you to receive. And that later on after baptism, there's going to be an opportunity to pray for you and to pray for that peace of the Spirit to rest on you and rest in you. So if that's you tonight, yeah, be prepared to get out your seat and come forward. So as I finish, Joel is going to get baptised in a minute. Super exciting. And um, yeah, we're going to do that. He's going to get really wet and we're going to pray for him and maybe prophesy over him and bless him and expect the Spirit of God to come and rest on him and be in him and for him to know that God loves him. And as he does that, what he's doing, he's nailing his colours to the mast. He's nailing his colours to the mast publicly in front of all of you and YouTube. Hello, YouTube. Um, He's naming his colours to the mat in front of all of us and all of you online. And that's maybe not his sweet spot, but actually he's willing to do that because he loves Jesus. And he's willing to put that sort of stuff aside and do it because he loves Jesus. And can you say that too? Can you say that too? I want to draw out of you a bit of courage tonight and myself, to be able to nail our colours to the mass too. As we go into our week, go into uni, go into work, go into school, go into our streets, go into our workplaces, that we would not be ashamed of Jesus. Not be ashamed to nail our colours to the mast. However broken the mast is, however hard the battle is, however difficult it seems, to hold our colours high, to hold that flag high, and say, Jesus, only you. And if you're here tonight and you don't know this Jesus, and you want to find out a little bit more about him, then after Joel's baptism, we would love to invite you to come forward and just get someone pray for you and bless you. And come to Alpha, because that's great. As Joel said, he liked to say much, he went twice. Um, come to Alpha, and that will just really help you in your journey of faith. It's not too late to come along. And if you're here and you need some peace tonight, again, come forward and get some prayer. And if you're here and you want someone to pray for you for any reason, there's going to be an opportunity to pray for you at this point. Jesus, thank you that you are the one. know that uh, as your parents we're well pleased um, and it's just been a real privilege to walk the journey of your life with you through all the struggles that you've had and come to this point of baptizing you so we're going to ask you two questions and then we're going to dunk you so Joel do you believe in God the Father who created you in Jesus Christ his son who died for you and in his Holy Spirit who comes and lives in you yes <laughs> and Joel, 
Do you choose to make Jesus Christ your Lord, committing yourself to him and seeking to follow him from this day on as he gives you strength? Yes. So, Joel, because of your confession of faith, we now baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Woo! So, Joel, as I was um, thinking about what I wanted to pray over you this evening, I just um, um, felt that God gave me a word that you kind of endorsed in your little testimony earlier, uh, which was that I just believe that God wants you to be a man who runs after him, who runs after his heart. So I just want to pray that over you. Um, Father, we just thank you for Joel. We thank you for um, the, the resilience you've given him to, to kind of push through the life that he's had so far. And, and we pray that as he talked about his feet, that symbolically, as he said, he's not quite sure where that is. But Father, I just want to pray that you make him a man who is able to run after you. So we just pray that this evening you bless him and that you fill him with your Holy Spirit right now as we pray, that you fill him with your Holy Spirit. Yeah, and you just make him a man that wants to run after you. Amen. Um, Joel, um, I just wanted to follow from your testimony that you gave on the video. Um, and you know this, that literally from the minute that you were born, you inspired a whole church to gather around you in prayer. And it's because that prayer was necessary. It was very obvious that there was something very wrong with those feet. We then discovered there was something pretty wrong with that heart. And as you know, there was then a bunch of other stuff that took years and years to address and resolve. But in all of that... Your church was praying that God would be at work in your life. And I think it has been a privilege to be on the front row of seeing what God has done in your life. Because in your life, God has shown himself to be good. He has shown himself to be faithful. He has taught your parents to say with faith, all is well and all shall be well. It hasn't always felt like that. But that has always been the truth that God has revealed through your life. I don't think it's a coincidence that the name Joel means the Lord is God. And I pray that in everything that God will do next in your life, people will see in you the Lord is God. Amen. Father, we thank you for Joel. We thank you for the, the wonderful man you have made him into be and the, the real blessing he has been to our family. And we thank you uh, for this great public declaration of faith uh, that he has made. And we pray that uh, as you continue to be uh, with him through the rest of his life, that he would, uh, yeah, you would just help him to be a shining example of what a life lived for you is all about. And that just everyone he comes into contact to, 
uh, would, yeah, really see that in him. Amen. I'm just going to pray for you, Joel. I'm jumping on. God, I just pray for Joel that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit. When we just are reminded of how the Spirit came down on Jesus, we pray, Spirit of God, that you would come and you would rest on Joel. You'd fill him with your presence and your power. You'd fill him with your peace. You'd fill him with your confidence and your courage. You'd give him gifts of your spirit. You'd, you'd grow fruit in his life that are evidence of your spirit at work in him and that he would walk closely with your spirit and know your spirit's comfort. We just welcome you, Spirit of God, to come, to come and fill him, to come and bring your healing and restoration, to come and bring what only you can do in his life. We welcome your presence, God. We welcome your presence, Spirit. We thank you that he is marked out as one of yours. He belongs to you. He is hidden in Christ. He's part of your family. He bears the mark of being part of having the family likeness. And God, we just bless him in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. He's shaking. I think it's cold. <laughs> it's freezing. <laughs> Yay. Big round of applause. Oh, amazing. Oh, so good, wasn't it? What we're going to do now is we're going to continue in worship. Um, and, uh, but we do, first of all, we're going to just sing a song of sort of celebration, but also it's going to be a time really where we just want to engage with what God is doing in the room. It's not just Joel that is something is happening in his life, in your life, in my life. God is speaking to us. And there's an invitation this evening if you would like to get some ministry from the front. And what that means is just coming up and coming into this area in the front. And we've got a, uh, quite a few people who will happily come and stand with you, pray with you. And I just want to say that if you feel um, this evening that there's something going on that you feel a little bit on the outside of. And you might do if you're, you're new or if you haven't really seen anything like this before. I just want to say to you that no one needs to be on the outside of the family of God. No one. Everyone is welcome. Whoever you are, wherever you've come from, whatever kind of journey you've experienced so far, you're really welcome. You're really welcome here with us. And if you would like to know something of that welcome of God to you personally, I just encourage you to come and stand at the front. It's a bit of a scary thing to do, but you'd like to know more about what it means to follow God as Rachel was inviting you come and we it will make it as easy as possible for you just to sort of stand here and somebody will come and speak to you and anyone else if there's anything else going on in your life this is a good time to come and get some prayer and uh, because we believe this is a celebration of something extraordinary the life of God that is that we can live in and know and walk in the peace that um, Rachel was talking about, the breakthrough, the healing, the freedom from anxiety. So if those are things that you feel like, yes, I could do with some breakthrough, this is a good moment in the atmosphere of celebration and worship and prayer to come. We've got about 10 minutes and we're going to be doing that for the, the next bit of time, worshipping together. But as soon as we start to worship, do just come, just come. And some of us will pray we might put our hands in the water just as a symbolic act again of just 
praying the blessing of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit on your life, his healing and his welcome to you. So why don't you stand with me as we go back into worship and we're staying in that place of celebration, but also invitation. This is a family affair and you are very welcome.